It's great to be with you. So it's great to be up here, although entirely petrifying every time I come up here, so please bear with me. Um, if you've been here the last few weeks, you'll know that we are working through a series um, called As It Is in Heaven, based in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5-7. to So if you've got your Bibles, you might want to get them ready. Um, it is, for me anyway, I just think it's been an amazing series so far because actually the teaching in it is so profound. And, and it teaches us that God's kingdom is, is totally upside down compared to the world. Um, and if you were here last week, you'll know that Colin spoke from the start of Matthew 7 on taking the log out of your own eye. He actually had a log to put in his eye. If you weren't here, you missed that. I don't have any props today, so sorry. That feels... I have a pencil. I might be able to bring that in somewhere. But anyway, um, this week we're going to move on to the very next passage. So if you do have your Bibles, you'll be in Matthew 7, 7. And honestly, when I was given this passage, I thought, oh my goodness, I can't believe I've got that one. Um, And it just felt like such a massive deal when I saw what it was. And through the process of preparing for today, I feel like God has done a a huge work in my heart. And so it, it feels like I'm really carrying something this morning, something that God wants to impart into everyone. And so... I don't know how well I'm going to do that justice, and please have grace for me, but it really does feel like a thing of God, and so it definitely feels like we should start in prayer. So, yeah, Lord God, we just thank you that you love us so much. You love us just as we are, but you love us too much to leave us just as we are. Lord, thank you that you want to speak into our hearts this morning and do business with us. So I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come and speak the truth into us this morning, Lord God. Would you come and use my words to open people's hearts and to, and to do what you will with us this morning, Lord God. And just thank you that it, it is you that, that does this, that Lord, that it's your word and your ways. And we just thank you for that. And be, be here, Lord God. Go before me and behind me. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this is the scripture that we'll be looking at today. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So most of us know the passage well and have heard it many times before. Dare I say, often out of context. And that was one of the things when I first saw it, I thought, oh my goodness. It's one of those passages that often is the basis of name-it-and-claim-it theology. If you will just pray for it, God wants you to have it. He wants you to have a nice car, a big house, riches, a personal jet, depending on who you ask. He wants you to have all those things. That, If you can just pray for it. And... That is our question, is do we believe that if we really go after God in prayer for anything, that we'll receive it? 
And I feel like I'm going to disappoint you early on, especially about the jet. But actually, God is not a cosmic vending machine. And that is how we treat him at times. Lord, your will be done. But if you could just do this, this, and this, and I'd quite like this as well. And the thing is, a sermon on the mount is a sermon. So it all goes together. And actually, Jesus has already taught us how to pray and what to pray for in the Lord's Prayer. And that we should pray in submission to the will of God. Now, we don't always know the specific will of God, that's true. But we do know that God's concern is the kingdom of heaven and not material things. And we need to hear that before we hear anything else. That that is God's concern, the kingdom of heaven. Does he want you to have a a big house, a nice car? Who cares? Actually, that's not his concern. His concern is the kingdom of heaven. And we should read this passage as part of the whole sermon. And actually, again, just in case you missed weeks, Jesus already dealt with food and clothing and money earlier in Matthew 6. He taught us not to worry about it, and even more, not to run after those things, but to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all those things will be given to us as well. We don't need to worry about them. So if not material things, then what? Because it says, ask and it will be given to you. And it says, how much does your Father in heaven give good gifts? And so what are the good gifts? Well, fortunately, there is a parallel passage in Luke 11, 9 to 13, which is virtually identical, but it says, Holy Spirit, instead of good gifts. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It is a promise of God's spirit and a promise that if we pursue God, he will give us goodness. So is the passage really all about prayer? Well, yes, it is, but it's about so much more than that. It is about pursuing God. And this is the bit, it's about pursuing God, not for what we can get from him, but for who he is. And if you don't go home with anything else today, that is the thing that I've been living with all this time, is it's about pursuing God, not for what you can get from him, but for who he is. And um, in Tim Keller's book on prayer, this one, which I can highly recommend, um, he says this, in our natural state, we pray to God to get things. We may believe in God, but our deepest hopes and happiness reside in things as in how successful we are or in our social relationships. We therefore pray mainly when our career or finances are in trouble or when some relationship or social status is in jeopardy. When life is going smoothly and our truest heart treasures seem safe, it does not occur to us to pray. Also, ordinarily, our prayers are not varied. They consist usually of petitions, occasionally some confession, if we have just done something wrong. Seldom or never do we spend sustained time adoring and praising God. 
It's just pretty cutting, really, isn't it? God wants us to pursue him, not for what we can get from him, but for who he is. It's all about more of him and less of me. And that is a cutting message, isn't it? More of him and less of me. It's not about me. And prayer is intimacy with God. That is what it is. And the, and the thing is, most of us know that God calls us to pray for more than just stuff. But then we easily fall into going after him for other things. Healing. Successful marriages. Happiness at work. Salvation of our family. And none of those things are bad things, and we should pray for them. And I don't want to belittle those things. We should pray for those things. But we should pray knowing that the things in themselves aren't going to bring us peace and happiness and joy. Only God can do that. And so by this point in the Sermon on the Mount, it's hopefully producing us a hunger for more of God. And an understanding that we can only live out kingdom lives if we have intimacy with God. When you go back over what we've looked at so far, forgiving others, loving our enemies, not worrying, not judging, it actually brings me out in a bit of a cold sweat. I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I can't do that. It's just too hard, forgiving other people. I'm okay with the theory of it, by the way. But really, loving our enemies. Well, they're our enemies for a reason, aren't they? Because we don't like them, or they don't like us, or both. Loving them, God calls us to love them. And that's without even getting on to not worrying and not judging people. And it's it's not a message of, I must try harder. I must do better. That is always what I hear personally when I hear those things. I'm like, right, I must try harder not to judge people. But it's just too hard for us. And if we want to have relationships with other people that really embrace everything that Jesus teaches, the only way is by pursuing God, pursuing him through prayer, really having that intimate relationship with him. And he wants us to desire that deeper, closer relationship with him. He wants us to ask for more of his spirit. He wants us to pursue him, not just to ask, but to seek. Not just to seek, but to knock. To persist in pursuing him. And I could tell you, pull out loads of bits of scripture of people in the Bible who are amazing at pursuing God. Or I could tell you a story about our daughter. She's not here, it's fine. It would be terrible if she was. She's only four, but she's very sensitive. But she is amazing in her persistence of pursuing me for food. She is the most incredible child. Unless she's actually eating or sleeping, she's hungry. And I feel like we do feed her. Like, honestly, it's not a neglect thing, but she would literally finish her lunch and say, I'm still hungry. And I go, okay. I generally ignore her, but I do 
acknowledge her request. And then she'll go, I'm still hungry. And then I ignore her. And then she'll say, I'm still hungry and you still haven't given me any food. And I say, okay, I'll get you something in a minute. But then it, she just gets more persistent and shorter. She'll go, I'm hungry, hungry, hungry. And in the end, I do actually give it. But her, her persistence is incredible. I'm sure she may potentially feel uh, neglected, but never mind. But the challenge is with persistence. She hasn't learned this yet, but it it is challenging in our culture and in this generation because we are a generation of instant gratification. And it's largely due to technology. Facebook, WhatsApp, instant messenger, FaceTime. We don't have to meet up with people now. We don't have time for that. We can just talk to them right now. We don't have time to write letters to people. That takes ages. You can just quickly email people. You don't even have time for home phones anymore. When I was a kid, you had to ask your mum if you could use the phone to ring someone. Google, Wikipedia, Amazon Echo. Again, uh, my kids think it's hilarious when I say when I was a kid and we had homework, I had to go to the library and get a book <laughs> to find out the answer to the question. They're like, that's weird. You could just ask Google. In fact, we, have this, we teach kids for a living and we have this hilarious thing that happened last year. I'll never forget it. We were talking about something that happened in the club about someone being the youngest person to achieve something. And... Um, Someone else said, um, were they the youngest person ever? And I said, oh, I, I don't really know. And this little boy, he's about this big, put his hand up and said, you should just ask Siri. Siri knows everything. <laughs> and I was like, right, okay. But that's how it is now. We have um, an Amazon Echo, if you don't know what one of those is. It's a hilarious, quite annoying thing that sits in our front room called Alexa. If someone accidentally says Alexa, it's on the telly, she goes, hello. And, and the ki- our kids ask her everything. Something she knows, something she knows. You can even ask her for a compliment, you know. We did ask her for an insult the other day. She said it wasn't kind and she didn't like to do that kind of thing. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> instant coffee, microwave meals, both pretty much swear words in our house. But we do not want to wait for things anymore, do we? We want everything now. So when God calls us to persist in seeking him, it's a challenge for us. But actually, he wants to test our earnestness, the sincerity of his people. Will we pursue him? Do we really want a closer relationship with him? And sadly and honestly, I think the answer is sometimes no. Why? Why do we not want that deeper relationship with God? Well, it could be because it feels too hard. That, that thing we we're just talking about, the persisting in pursuing him feels too hard. Why, why bother? It could be that we make ourselves busy with other things, which is so easily done. Well, I would pursue God for a deeper relationship, but I do have to work. And I've got kids, or I've got studying to do. And then there's, I have to make time for Facebook, because I must fit that into my day. And then there's hobbies, and, and there's church. I have to, uh, there's all these things, and I'm not saying they're bad things, but sometimes we make ourselves so busy 
that we don't have time to pursue God. It could be that we fear God. What will happen if we really seek him? Because actually, if we're afraid of him, do we even really want to seek him? It could be that we're afraid of disappointment. What if I seek him and nothing happens? Will he really be bothered with me anyway? Isn't it easier if I just don't seek him? Because then if I don't, then I won't be disappointed when nothing happens. It could be because we've forgotten our first love. And we've forgotten how much he loves us. The reality is that how we see God shapes the way in which we relate to him. So if we see him as a stern father who is often disappointed in us, that affects how we approach him and how or whether we really seek him. And that's one of my questions for you this morning is how do you see God, really? What is your understanding of who God is and how he sees you? Remember, not only does God love us, but God is love. And sometimes we may not feel like pursuing God. But actually, it's a bit about what Colin was saying earlier. It starts with obedience. And when asking turns to seeking, we begin on a journey of relentless pursuit of God. And God promises us good gifts in return. It says in Jeremiah 29, 13, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. If we really seek him, then we're going to find him. Because it's a promise. It's a promise of God. And he wants us to persist in seeking him because it's worth it. He's worth it. And he has already persistently pursued us. That's why we're in relationship with him at all, because he's pursued us. And he wants us to do the same with him. In fact, the proper translation is keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. It's not a one-time deal. You don't do it, and I'm done with that. I did that, and move on. Actually, he wants us to keep on seeking. So what does it even mean to pursue God for who he is? It kind of sounds a bit abstract, doesn't it? It's a bit like, um, what's that phrase? Pressing in on God. I spent ages here saying that. Let's press into God and not really knowing what that meant. What does it mean? Like, we can talk about it. It's one of those theory things, again, if we're not careful, isn't it? We talk about pursuing God for who he is. What is that? What does that even mean? What does it look like? Well... It means genuinely seeking him in prayer and recognizing that we're called to live our life persistently pursuing him. Whatever that does look like, it's a lifetime thing. It means praying to worship God and to spend time in his presence. So we, we, pray, him to, we, we pray to worship, not to bring him our shopping list. And that's a challenge, isn't it? Because it means setting time aside 
And we, we not do a hands-up thing, but many of us fit in prayer whilst we're doing other things. It's that multitasking thing, isn't it? I can just be driving to the shop or to work. I can pray then, because that fits in. I've got 20 spare minutes. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with praying while you're driving, so don't shut your eyes. But actually, there's time when God wants us to pray to worship him. When the only thing we're doing is seeking him and worshipping him and spending time with him. It's a bit like having our children come and talk to us just because they love us and want to hang out with us. Not because they're just patiently waiting to ask us for something. Which is really annoying, isn't it? You think they just want to talk to you and it's so nice and then suddenly they just ask you for something. You realize that was the plan all along. But sometimes I think God feels like that with us. Oh, you just were doing that because you wanted to ask me for that. But actually, God wants us to come to him in prayer just to, to spend time with him. And actually coming to God in prayer is the essence of the Christian life. What else does it mean? It means spending time meditating on his word so that we might know him more. Actually meditating on the scriptures. Not to get our daily Bible reading done so we can check, done that. But so that we might know more of God's character and who he is and how he loves us and um, and what he is like, that comes from his word. That comes from who, what we learn about God through the scriptures. It re- means remembering that he is God and we are not. He knows what we need and he has a plan for us and he deserves to be worshipped always. Not to be approached because he might give us what we want. That we would worship him because he is God. It means that our heart should be like that of Daniel's friends. So in in the book of Daniel, Daniel has three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they are about to be thrown into a blazing furnace because they will not bow down and worship these false gods, and this is what they say. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. In other words, we know that God is able to do all things. And we trust that he will answer our prayers. But even if he doesn't, he deserves to be worshipped and pursued. And you know, um, I should have put it on a video for today, but Clive and I watched this video the other day of this um, Christian couple who um, had had a baby and whilst the baby was still really young, had gone in, there, there were problems and complications and got hooked up all to machines and basically the, the medical staff had said there's no way this baby's going to 
survive. And, and the guy was telling the story, and he was saying, I just had such faith in God that, he, that our baby was going to be healed. So whilst I was busy getting annoyed and touching, because I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those ones where I knew God was going to do this, and so I, and God didn't want the baby to die. And I get frustrated with those things because it's, it's a challenge, isn't it? Because you think actually sometimes babies do die. But he was just actually, as I watched it, I was totally overwhelmed by his faith and his relationship with God because his witness to the medical staff was that we believe that God is able to heal our baby. And we believe that he will, but even if he doesn't, he's still God and we will still worship him. And at that point, I was totally overwhelmed because, I mean, I can't even imagine what they were going through at that point, but but he's faith and his relationship was God, with God was to say, we believe that he can and will, but even if he doesn't, we will worship God. And the baby was healed, by the way. And loads of witnessing was done to the medical staff who couldn't explain it. But the reality is that that, that kind of relationship with God comes from pursuing him for who he is not for what we can get from him. And if all we ever do is pursue him for what we can get from him, then we miss out on all the awesome things that is on offer through a deep, intimate relationship with God. And I believe he wants to work on our hearts today and call us to greater intimacy with him. That whatever your relationship with God is right now, there is always more intimacy to be found, always greater depth. And that actually, it's not a message of condemnation. That isn't what I want you to hear. It's not a don't feel condemned. Wherever you are with God and whatever's going on, it's not a message of condemnation. It's a message of invitation. And I don't know what's going on in your heart right now, but I know that God wants to do business this morning. And it intentionally doesn't go on to the end of the meeting. One, because I'm not Colin. (laughs) And two... (laughs) Sorry. Oh, I got a clap for that. Thanks. (laughs) And two... (laughs) Because I feel like if we miss a response time today, then we miss the point altogether. Actually, God wants to do work in our hearts today, which calls for a response from us. And if we don't make time for response, then we all go home and go, great. And nothing changes. But through the whole process of prepping for this, I kept having to go, Lord, what are you doing with my heart? And I felt massively challenged over all of it personally how do I pray and what do I expect when I pray with God and what am I doing that for and what and I feel like he wants to call us to something fresh today and it's not a I must try harder great I'll go home tomorrow I'm going to try harder it's not that it's that the Holy Spirit comes 
and changes our hearts. And so I'd love to invite you to stand. And the band, or just Katie and Callum, who are the band, who come back. Just Callum, to know. And I'm going to go for it, because I feel like we should go for it, and say, in a second, I'm going to invite you to come forward and respond. And I know we say this all the time, there's nothing special about this floor at the front, it's the same as the rest of the floor, but it feels like there's something about coming forward and responding. And I know, so when I was thinking about doing this, I I know so often we do it, and about four people come. And I want to say today, I can't think of any reason why you would stay in your seat. I can't think of any reason why you wouldn't come forward. Unless you're the person saying, I don't want greater intimacy with God. Who is that? And that was what I was thinking when I was thinking about it. I was like, who, which of us can say, that's enough for me. I don't need more of God. I'm done. I feel like God is saying this morning, I want to do this with you. It's a gift. What does he want to give to us? He wants to give good gifts to his children. We're his children. He wants to give good gifts this morning. And that is the Holy Spirit. He wants to give more of his Holy Spirit. And so I'd just love to invite you to come forward this morning that we can pray and receive more of his Holy Spirit and be released into the world as his people, full of the Holy Spirit and pursuing him for who he is.